0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by the fabulous Alex Stewart from lortoxlife.com. It's an absolute honor to have Alex on the show because she really is nerdy guru in the field of low-tox living. And I know she'll take that as a compliment when she listens to this introduction, because Alex really is one of those people who loves to read every single bit of information around um, things that can cause toxins in our life. And then, digest it all and bring it back and deliver it to us who aren't quite as nerdy and don't have all the time to read all of the literature and to really just deliver it to us in a really doable way um, so we can think oh I can do that Um, and something that and she delivers it in a way as well that makes it something that you can actually stick to and to look at it as not just improving your health or the health of your child but how these changes that you can make which can be really simple to do can really affect the whole planet and really benefit the community. Just little changes that you make can have these really beneficial ripple effects. And how, you know, when she first found out all of this information, it really hurt her brain. Um, but, but it's totally doable. So if you've, you, you know, a lot of us throw our hands up and go, oh my goodness, I just wanted to be healthier. And now you're telling me I've got to change my dishwashing powder or my laundry detergent does what? And it can sometimes be a real journey of, that's the feeling of betrayal and that you've been duped by marketing companies. But Alex said that's okay and if you do feel like that, you're not on your own. In this episode, she's going to tell us how focusing on just one thing is all we need to start the journey on our low-tox living and how our amazing human bodies are so clever and are able to quickly recover from a lot of the toxic exposure that we, that we get. Alex is also going to tell us why it's sustainable to do it our own way. Um, And when it comes to enjoying the fine things in life, it's important to have the best, but not not very much of them. Um, We talk about all sorts today. We talk about mould. We talk about fertility. We talk about food. We talk about what she had for breakfast, of course. We talk about wine and chocolate and coffee. And laundry detergent and makeup and the cosmetic industry, it's seriously a jam-packed episode. I'm so grateful to Alex. I definitely have to get her on the show again in a few months' time because we've literally just touched the surface. We didn't even talk about plastic today, for example. Oh, my word. So check it out. Alex has got a new round of GoLotox starting in February. The links to um, GoLotox are in the show notes. Um my mum did the round in November and loved it. It was it's a really mum's in her 70s. Uh, it's never too late to start making changes. Um, and that's just an absolute inspiration to me. And um the the mum says that the course is really easy to do, it's not overwhelming at all, it's delivered in a really empowering and interesting way, and you're doing it with a group of other people um who, who um are on the same journey as you, which is always awesome. So let's get straight into the interview. Welcome, Alex. It's so cool to have you here on the Primal Alternative podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Helen. It's a pleasure.
0: It's really, really cool that you're here. Now, before we dive into the interview and find out all about you and um, what you have to share, can you tell us what you Mm had for breakfast?
1: Yes, I can. Actually, it was a bit of a funny morning this morning because I had a a night out with the girls last night. We went and saw Incognito at the basement um, showing my age there, but literally everyone in the audience was between 39 and 50. Um, And um, uh, so, I woke up a little bit later this morning and it was a bit of a rush to get everything ready, children, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. And, And so, I had a shot of my Young Living Ninja Red because that is is just like a little antioxidant boost. Then I had, uh, I make this smoothie every two days that's a green smoothie so the second day it just sits in the fridge and it's ready to grab and that is, this one was made with cucumber, mango and mint and a little bit of avocado and so I had those two things and then because it was podcasting back to back from 9.30 until 2 o'clock this afternoon um, sometimes me interviewing or being interviewed, there's two of each today, um, I uh, I boiled a couple of eggs between two of the shows, and one of them cooled down just before we chatted. <laughs> and so I had my little boiled egg as well. So that'll keep me right as rain for a few hours. And I'm not stressed or anything. It's definitely not um, not so busy that I feel like I can't. I didn't have time to eat, but just you know, some days you just food's not always the most important thing in my day. And our human bodies are m- amazingly enough. Um, fine to just to skip the odd meal and it's actually good for us so I don't stress too much about breakfast if it's one of those mornings where there's other things that are priorities just make sure I have some good nutrients and then get some good fats in there at some point in the start of the morning
0: and it's so easy isn't it just to have a couple of boiled eggs on the go on hand for an easy snack
1: yeah oh, they're great exactly Too easy, too
0: easy. Now, Alex, can you tell us about your journey um, and what really motivated you to create your amazing website and become such an empowering educator in this field?
1: I honestly believe it chose me. I've always been a gung-ho person when I garner information, always, since I was small. My nickname at school was Dr. Alex. (laughs) And... So, there was always this curiosity that I had about um, uh, like, you know, finding good things and sharing them with people. And so, unfortunately, the first part of my career that became finding um, good cosmetics and perfumes and sharing those with people. Um, So, people would always come to me and I'd say, oh, you need to get that one, you need to get that color and that one's going to match your skin and all those sorts of things. But of course, it was packed with weirdo fakeness and um, harmful chemicals, but I I didn't know that back then. Mm. Uh all I did know was that I was a frequent sufferer of migraines um and uh primarily due to the food I was eating I was a frequent sufferer of tonsillitis and by frequent I mean um four or five times a year on antibiotics and with um migraines probably uh, towards the end of having migraines in my mid to late 20s it was um it was up to about once a week. So really debilitating mm. stuff. And um, and um, the first wave of realization that I had was when uh, it was actually tonsillitis first. The migraine realization was in retrospect. So believe it or not, as an intelligent 13 years of private school, uh, honors degree in university education, I did not connect the fact that as soon as I left the fragrance and beauty industry, I no longer had migraines. Never made the connection. Literally just said to myself, gosh, I haven't had migraine for a while. Left it there. So Just that. I know such a lack of critical thinking it blows my mind and we're, we're so many people are there in so many different things and I still experience moments of what why didn't I think of that you know now so I think the sooner we realize we can't know everything and that we've just got to oper- operate our best from the area that we're at currently in our lives and what we know at that point, then that's all we can do. And so, I started to realize with um, removing gluten from my diet because it turns out that was an extremely inflammatory food for me, I stopped having tonsillitis or it literally just stopped. Um, I've had it twice in 14 years compared to four or five times a year. So, I mean, you do the maths on that as an improvement um and and so sort of really started to ramp things up for myself, though, when my son was born, and I was conscious of going a bit more natural and trying to find greener brands um, in home care and I had been for a couple of years before he was born, but when he was born my critical thinking just kicked in. It was that protective mama instinct of um, nothing shall be done to harm this, you know, pure and beautiful little being. And I just had a moment of realisation in the supermarket one day thinking, oh, you know, I make his purees and, of course, I'm putting them in plastic ice cube trays to preserve them in the freezer. I can come to that later. Um, and, and But I wanted some emergency options and I thought, oh, I'll go to the supermarket and I'll just see what I can find that, you know, if we've got a long trip to the farm, because Ollie's mum lives on a farm down south, um, or something like that, or the airplane visiting my family overseas, then I needed a few options, and I was just horrified. I was horrified that there was fruit put into savoury meals, like sugar just ending up everywhere. It, not, there's anything wrong with fruit, but it doesn't belong in bolognese. Um, <laughs> you know, this sweetening of the of the um, palate from such a tiny age, um, the thickeners and and um, stabilisers that were in custards when I knew my grandmother's custard just had, you know, milk, sugar, eggs and and vanilla bean. Um, the gosh, I could go on and on, but it was a moment in that supermarket on that day where I thought. We really don't know what's in these products. We have no idea. We're buying things because of what's written on the front to appease us about the life we have and the things we want to tell ourselves like healthy or all natural. But the real truth was in the ingredients list and for the first time in my life when it came to – like baby food, I had already been looking at ingredients in adult food because of, of the wheat avoidance and gluten avoidance, but in baby food, I saw it. And then I started to look at our personal care and thought, whoa, I mean, I knew I wanted to get him a because I knew that was a healthful brand when he was a, first born. But I wasn't thinking about myself. I wasn't thinking about my husband's deodorant. We weren't thinking about what our couch was made from. We weren't thinking about anything else, just a few basics and mainly focused on baby. And so it was... It was about six months of reading about 20 books that I could get my hands on just pouring over everything I could find um, and then a girlfriend giving me an incredible book um, a few months later called Slow Death by Rubber Duck which was published in 2000, uh, late 2009 uh, and and the, um, the scientists that produced that did experiments on themselves, the befores and afters of mercury, phthalates, um, plastics and a few other things and it really was just a moment where you saw so directly from their testing prior post and then a month afterwards to see how long it took to leave the body just how much the things that we're in, our everyday things that we think are safe and assume have been extensively tested, turns out they're really, really not and they can have some profound lasting effects on our health, our intergenerational health in terms of epigenetics and what gets passed on and our planet and once Once I had that aha, that it wasn't just about me and my family or my baby being okay and us not mattering or it was about such a big picture thing and it kind of hurt my brain Um, but the freeing aspect of thinking big picture was that I went into making changes with this beautiful empowerment that I was also helping change the world. And for me, that was something that made change stick and made it important and made it prioritizable and made it um, and made it uh, understandable to people around me, understandable to my dad who I grew up, you know, walking with him and him picking up bits of plastic off the sidewalk and putting them into a bag. Um, but he had never made the connection between other bits of his personal care and and planetary health. But because I knew he cared about the planet, I could go in there with that for him to help him realise that that was important. And it seemed like this big picture thinking was something that was not only helping me make the changes but helped it resonate with other people as well. And so when I then made the decision to take all of my enthusiasm and desire to learn things and teach things that I've had in both the hospitality industry and beauty industry so far, I wanted to bring that to a hobby at first um, as so many blogs start. Um, in educating uh, and raising awareness on um, just how unsafe so much of what we eat and put on ourselves and surround ourselves with in our home is, um, and that's how Low Tox Life started. And it started, and the words Low Tox, uh, it just spins me out to see it used as reference by everybody now. Um, we're literally founded in my apartment in Rose Bay with a newborn on my lap, chatting to my sister and brainstorming about what um, what I wanted to call this thing um, and originally it was called real food, low-tox living but then of course food very much comes under mm. low-tox living and living a low-tox life so I, I ditched the real food thing because it's comprehensive within low-tox life um, and, and I just knew I didn't want the words any words that would evoke a sense of this is this thing that you have to be perfect at and it's black and white and either you've succeeded or you've failed and there's a, a place where you were Arrive where you're done because it's not the case. We're always going to walk past a car driving along and take in exhaust. We're always going to have our friend, our son on a sip, on a play date and be offered something in a plastic cup. We're always going to have a time in our life where we need a hospital IV, you know, and these are out of our control. And so to create something that made people feel like doing our best with what we've got at home in our day-to-day choices where we do have control is enough. And it does cause a powerful enough ripple effect to create incredible change. And we can rest assured that it's much better to start anywhere than to not do anything at all because we feel like it's all just too big you know so low tox life was born because it was not no tox or non-toxic or the worst one chemical free which you know water is Is a a chemical (laughs) like there's so many things like we are made of chemicals and i just don't like that whole thing either so yeah i love it Mm. the
0: thing i love the most about you alex is that you've got this big picture and um but you make it so doable and um, sustainable, and I love how you you your part of your message is that you know we never arrive. You never arrive. right. That's me. I'm low tox. That that's ticked off. Mm. Um, you know, reach this you know the pinnacle of my low tox journey because it, it's a daily practice, <laughs> isn't it? It's the same. It's the same with it food. It is
1: daily practice. You
0: never and, and stress yeah. management and sleep and connection and time in nature. All of it is. A daily practice, something you've got to you've got to come to every day, but I, I know um, from my own personal experience and the, and the personal experience of my listeners is that when you start usually people start on a real food journey, don't they do you find and they' they're like, right mm. I'm, I'm gonna get these um you know inflammatory foods out of my diet and then you start to realize that seemingly um, innocent foods in your fridge are actually not what they used to be like you you reference to your grandma's custard, you know like hang on a minute. My mm. grandma didn't put all of those things. What are those things anyway into the food? And and then it starts to get a bit stressful, but then you start to realize that you can buy the grass-fed meat. You can shop at the local farmer's markets. You can eat in season. You start to feel a whole lot better, and then you come across somebody like you, and then you're like, oh, shit, this toothpaste that I'm using <laughs> – is is causing me <laughs> dramas and, and sorry that, you know, washing up liquid what do you mean is that harmful too so but what i love about you when you come to when you come to you and your message is it's okay like you know of course we haven't made that we haven't had that critical thinking because why would we because nobody teaches us as that you know um it's something we've got to mm. to come across on our journey so can you talk us through what some of the Um, common chemicals uh, that are found in an average household. Can you tell us what they are and can you tell us how they affect our systems?
1: Big question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, yeah, I know. So don't be disappointed. I'm literally only going to focus on one. Only because with this one thing, we can achieve so much change um, because often when this one thing is in a product, many of the others are too and by focusing on this one thing, we, for me, create the biggest change. Um, well, I'm excited, and I'm I think excited. you know what is on it? a show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know we've only got a limited time, and I think if we just string through a whole bunch of chemicals, that can make people feel like they need to look at all these things, and um, and like, I like I really take a huge. Uh, responsibility in my role as an educator to ensure our mindset, our mental health is protected as we learn these things and don't spin tailspin into some overwhelm slash OCD, overstressed about what's in every single little thing because stress is going to be the biggest killer of all. So it's really important that we do not – Go there. And by um, by taking the chance to be on your show, Helen, and just focusing on one thing, then we know there's one thing we're working on from today's interview. There's plenty you can come to lotoxlife.com to then continue the journey on. Trust me, we've got a lot of resources. We've got a course and all sorts, but let's just focus on one today. And that is a pesky little um, endocrine disruptive uh, chemical called a phthalate. And for the nerds out there who are already primed on Google to research this right now, you spell that P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. There you go. <laughs> um, yes, I'm talking to you. And, um <laughs> and I only know because I'm exactly the same. Like, oh, God, I've got to write that down and I've got to um, look it up now. Um, and phthalates, their job is to, um, in cosmetic and cleaning products and things around the home, um, household products, if you like, uh, is to make fragrances last longer. Um, They do other things. It's a plasticizer, so it can be added to plastics like touch your computer cable right now (laughs) that's got phthalates in it, Um, touch your plasticky uh, soft um, dog's ball uh, that they play with in the yard. Often that's got phthalates in it, anything quite plasticky. If your yoga mat feels like your hand needs to be pride off it um, because it feels sticky, then it's probably got phthalates in it, things like that. And rest assured, there are many phthalate-free yoga mats now. Um, so then that can be researched with a quick Google. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah phthalates are everywhere and in, in household cleaning and personal care products their job is to make a fragrance last long. So you'll know if you like anyone who likes essential oils out there, you put an essential oil on and you quite often think an hour to an hour later, I need another little dab. That's because it's natural And it dissipates and it's quick. And that's actually what's meant to happen. And I always like to remind people that we're also from nature, but we try and outsmart nature and that's where we go a little bit wrong. Um, uh, well, we don't go wrong always, but we go wrong when we outsmart nature by thinking something like a fragrance needs to last longer, so let's put this chemical in it. Now, a phthalate is part of a group of chemicals called endocrine disruptive chemicals, and any woman out there will know how difficult it is to balance your endocrine system, your hormones, um, whether that be your thyroid, your sex hormones, adrenals, etc. um, on a good day with no exposure to anything in a hippie commune out in the middle of a field, let alone... With the onslaught of things we're surrounded by today, disrupting our hormones, um, uh, in the ways that they do. And there are a couple of ways that, um, endocrine disruptors work. They either work to mimic an existing hormone in your body or they block hormone production, uh, signaling production. Um, So, you know, you put something like a a, um, body cream or a perfume that has phthalates in it to make that fragrance last long because that's his job in the fragrance industry to make a fragrance stick Uh, then you have um, this thing running around your system pretending to be hormones that are already in there and then what happens is, well, many things can happen but one of the things that can happen is your body can say, hey, it's okay, we're making enough of that stuff so you can stop because it thinks it's got more than it does floating around in the body Um, and that's like a basic, basic basic explanation of a seriously complex scientific process, and I'll share with you a couple of links to some of the best endocrinologists in the world talking about this stuff if you want to nerd out and watch a couple of lectures. They're so – it's terrifying but inspiring at the same time because once you get a handle on just how disruptive artificial fragrances that contain phthalates can be – you know, you then start to remove them from your home and then guess what? You know, you just – you start to realise how poisonous these things are. My my favourite example is when we run Go Low which is an e-course that we do a couple of times a year. Uh, In week two, I say to people, anyone who – well, no, week three thereabouts actually. I'll say to the group, so who ditched the fabric softener in week two, the start of week two – and has been somewhere else that was using fabric softener or had a bag of hand-me-down clothes from a friend or that kind of thing and how did you react? And people are like, oh, my gosh, I never realized how toxic it was. And because phthalates leave our body quite quickly – it really – you really notice straight away what a synthetic fragrance is and does to you. It feels so wrong. You walk into – you know, I walked into our school fundraiser, bless us, um, the other day where we we had a um, scented candle sponsor and scented candles are somewhere where you really experience a very high level of phthalates and exposures Um, and – And I just walked into this bathroom and it was so lovely. You know, I I appreciated how lovely it was, this little bouquet of flowers and the little candle and they'd done such a gorgeous job. But I just felt sick to my stomach because it's a poison to me now. I I can feel that it's not right for me. And I challenge anyone out there who hasn't ditched their um, scented candles that have synthetic fragrances in them and fabric softener, those would probably be the two biggest indoor air pollutants or maybe the reed diffusers that a lot of people have as well, Ditch those three. Just do it like a two-week experiment. You don't need to throw them away yet if you're not convinced. Chuck them in the garage. And then just be out in the world. Walk past a scented candle shop or a boutique that's got them burning in there or um, go to a friend's house when they've got a load of laundry in the dryer with the fabric softener going, the fabric sheets and all those sorts of things. And just observe how you feel. And trust me when I say it is a rude awakening. And you just then want to like turbocharge how much synthetic fragrance you get out of your life. And it's a simple... As going through when you run out of your body lotion next time, when you you know don't freak out and throw everything out unless you're an A type and you you just feel called to do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but if that freaks you out from a budget perspective or or just a everything's happening too fast perspective, because there's those people in the world as well, and no one is wrong in the way they go low tox. It is absolutely about doing it your way, um, because your way is going to be the sustainable way, the way that sticks, because you're making sense of it for yourself and your family Um, and then just run out of things and go, okay, going to find a better option of that now okay, going to find a better option of that now, in a similar way as we do with food. You know, you run out of the packet of chocolate Tim Tams and you go, okay, going to research some really glorious chocolate biscuits that we can make easily and commit a recipe to memory and get good at it um, so it's no trouble at all and we can rustle it up on Sunday nights for the lunch boxes that week. It's not hard. It's just got to be started, you know, and I think sometimes we feel like it's such a big problem, it's such a huge deal, my home is toxic, I mean, if you make a statement like my home is toxic, then, yeah, it is going to feel like a huge deal. But my body lotions run out and I'd like to try a more natural one and see how I feel. That anyone can do. Mm. So just start, Mm. basically, and just start to really raise your awareness on what things smell like. So, you know, some of the funniest things I've come up against – in my own realization, was just how hilarious certain fragrances sound or certain products that sell fragrances sound. So, um, something I used in my TED Talk last year was an air freshener example, and there's this company that has a fresh air system. And it's a fresh air system that pumps out like intermittent, fresh smelling air. <laughs> and it's called Ocean Fresh. And you've just got to be honest with yourself. If you've got these products in your home, don't feel guilty because you didn't know this five minutes ago. So don't be feeling bad. You can't feel guilty about what you didn't know yesterday. But just raise your awareness and think ocean fresh. You know what? I've been to the ocean, and it smells nothing like this. It smells like and just seaweed so simple. and salt. <laughs> I know exactly, and it's not necessarily something you want, like pumping out into your home either. So, like, but the point is, it just smells like this weird fake idea that this company's had, and they've been around a boardroom and they've customer tested it in. Um, in whether people liked it or not and done all of this fake stuff to create this fake thing to pump these fake hormone disruptive chemicals into our breathing air inside our homes when hilariously the last time I checked, a fresh air system was opening a window um, or maybe putting a fan on if you really felt like you needed to circulate a bit more air. That's a fresh air system and it's free. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely, I love that. That's just hilarious. So, I, heard, and, I heard you use a similar example on a podcast. I think you were on um, up for a chat, and you, you were, the example you were using was spring fresh, and you were like, "What the hell is spring fresh yeah, anyway?" Yeah. And um, I loved in that in that <laughs> podcast, you suggested getting rid of fabric softeners as. Um, the best thing to do uh, like to start with because uh, the fabric softener smell can make up like 70% of the toxic load in your house I think was the the example you gave and so I promptly threw mine in the bin and I looked at the the name just for a a chuckle and it was amber spice yeah what is that what is that anyway (laughs) and it's so true really isn't it because when you when you give a hug actually, actually I'm a bit restrictive about who I will hug now because it's not just the fabric softeners but it's also the perfumes that people wear and then they give you a hug and then like for the rest of the day like you've got the smell of their perfume like stuck up your nostrils and then you go to the public toilet yeah. in the cafe and you're just harmlessly washing your hands and then <laughs> you get yeah. it's like you get in like from all angles isn't it it's like ah <laughs> So, yeah. so it's really it's really yeah. reassuring to know that we can get rid of those our systems really effective at getting rid of those and just by you know we don't we're not going to live in a bubble and never socialize or hug anyone again but by opening the windows in our house and keeping our house um you know making those basic steps can really make such a such a change and I also think it's really important to realize how those endocrine um disruptors affect our thyroid and there's lots of people listening like me who've got thyroid issues and adrenal issues and, you know, trouble losing weight, this could be the missing piece in your jigsaw. Even if you're, you feel like your diet is squeaky clean, um, this could be
1: the tipping point, right? Absolutely. I mean some of the um, chemicals in plastics, for example, are a proven obesogenics and actually one of the lectures I'm going to share with you for the nerds out there he speaks to that um, aspect of hormone disruption um, and and yeah as you mentioned the thyroid I mean where do we spray our perfumes oh. boom I've on our neck before like you know and it can just be such a massive realization for people and if you can't just can't bring yourself to let go of that favorite perfume you've worn since you were 22, just put it on your clothing, on an an arm rather than straight to your skin on your neck or put it a little tiny bit in the end of your hair or something as your baby steps to kind of weaning yourself off it if you do it all. And it's not a judgment thing. I don't think anyone has to do anything they don't want to do. But by the same token, if you really want to clean it up at home to also not stress Mm -hmm. if you do – get a thing on in the public toilet because all of the good work you're doing in all other days of your life and in your home environment – are what's meaning that that odd little bit of exposure is something your body is capable of detoxifying from. You know, often we um, overstress about things, but we forget that we've got this highly functioning, super efficient detoxification machine, um, most of us, and um, and we can cope with certain amounts of exposures to things, uh, preservatives and and all sorts. The problem is, is we're surrounded by everything all day, every day, and it's not just you know one time in one public place it's everywhere and so um i think my job my my mission is to help people realize just how much we can control and and to also feel healthy about the odd exposure because really at the end of the day if we're going to stress about everything once we've done our best then stress will kill us all before anything else
0: that's so true so it really is a case of um, what you do for the majority of the time is what matters. And just that little extra percent, you know, a few percent is, is fine. And just, you know, once you start with the basics, then your body will be able to handle a little bit of um, toxic exposure outside of the home. So that's really, yeah. really reassuring to know. And I think that there's also a lot. When I was talking to my husband about um, about you and, and your message, I um, and, and telling him that you know actually some of the products that um, that we use that we thought they were actually marketed as good for the planet and natural and organic, but they're not. His instant reaction was he felt very betrayed. You know, there's that like, um, yeah. there's that like, oh really? You know, like you've been you've been conned, and that can make you sort of feel like, oh, what's the point in even. What's the point in even trying? This is just impossible. I thought I was doing the right thing. But that's what, – what would you say to somebody who is experiencing that, Alex?
1: Oh, it happens so often, Helen. And often um, like one of my main messages in when we do the GoLotox launch period and we're talking about all the reasons that this would be useful to someone is – the question around, are you being duped? There are so many labeling loopholes in terms of what one can put on the front of a packet um, versus what's actually going on. And people can get really had just like you guys were. I was too. I remember using a particular cosmetic brand that like, you know, just had pictures of the environment. It's, it's, its packaging was all sort of greens and browns, and it was doing all the things to make me think that this was incredible for my health and the planet. <laughs> but then there were still some petroleum based ingredients and, um, and a hormone disruptive preservative, and you know, I just I was devastated, yes. you know, because I thought I was really trying hard in those early days. So I feel you out there, um, who who have this realization, and people three, four days into the course start to say, "Oh my gosh, I thought I was green. I had no idea how much I had to learn to really." Definitely make an informed decision and the informed decision comes is when not only do you know all the science but you actually know how to read a label and get around the the loopholes. So, for example, someone can put organic on the front of a packaging or call their product something, something organic car or organique or, you know, like um, – <laughs> parts of the word organic in to insinuate mm. something from the earth or natural and unless it's certified USDA organic or Australian certified organic on the label, you actually only need to have 10% of that product be organic ingredients the rest can be anything else right Um, yeah another thing is a picture of a planet does not mean that that (laughs) product is a hundred percent safe it also doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent trying to trick you let's be fair Mm. Um, not everything needs to be this big conspiracy theory that people start to concoct I like facts and I like transparency. So for me, um, any brand that is still now in cleaning land, for example, not putting ingredients on their labels um, because they don't have to because get this, they're protected by proprietary blend um because that industry says, well, we don't want our competitor copying our formula so we're not going to put the ingredients on there. Mm. Well, hello, people are putting this on their skin and breathing it in in their homes. We want to know what's in there. So if it's not in there or if you have to go through 5 billion tabs on their website and then send a customer service email that never gets replied to, then chances are (laughs) they're trying to hide the fact that they are using something um, less than favourable. So... um, I guess, you know, if you think you've been duped, um, it's really important to just surround yourself with the facts, learn some of the basics of what goes on and in um, – what goes into making products and what goes on in loophole world of of labeling and just start ignoring um, things like – uh, good for the earth, or natural, or organic, and all those sorts of things. Unless you see the ingredient list to back that claim up, because lots of people can make claims, but the ingredient list tells the true story.
0: Mm, love it. Now, just to move back to food momentarily. So, if we're having a low tox, yeah. if we're having a low tox life, Alex, can we still have? I like to ask all my guests this question: what their opinion is <laughs> of uh, wine, chocolate, and coffee?
1: Oh, okay. Um, look, I think <laughs> <laughs> there are studies that have emerged recently that say any amount of alcohol is not ideal. Um, I think we have a cultural problem uh, in the UK, in the US and here, predominantly white Anglo-Saxon um, countries, uh, culturally, with how much alcohol seems to just be fine. Um and I think um, and I think we need to address that, you know, I was just speaking to uh, a, a male friend who admitted to me recently that he doesn't go out with certain other male friends socially, if it's a night out, he'll do a sport thing or he'll do a a daytime barbecue where there's lots of people, but he won't go out at night because he knows he'll be ridiculed for not keeping up with the rounds yeah, right. so I just think that there. Cultural issue around alcohol and how much alcohol we tend to say is okay that we really need to address. But I'm kind of tangenting there, but it's a social issue I feel super strongly about. Um, but again, look, it's not what you do. Uh, every now and then that matters so much to the overall big picture of your health. It's what you do every day. So if you find yourself polishing off a bottle with your partner every single day, then yeah, probably not a great idea. I'll never forget, you know, as Aussies who tend to fill up that glass of wine nice and big. um, uh, I'm half French though and I like – happily have a quarter or half a glass of wine at a meal and that's just kind of really common you have the best you can afford but you don't have much um, and that's a very French way of doing things and my um hubby then boyfriend came with me to France and we were all sitting around the table and my and my uncle poured out the first uh, bottle of wine that we were having there was about eight of us there um and uh and that night, Ollie said to me, "Gosh, they're really stingy on the wine." They're not stingy. You're in France. This is how we drink. If we drink, um, Hello. and and I really believe why uh, you know you have this beautiful French paradox of of health well into your eighties, um, and and all your faculties and all the good stuff because there's just this healthy understanding around excess. Mm. Um and, and you're not depriving yourself by not having a certain huge amount of something. You're actually just enjoying what you do have. That's the French focus. Mm. And you're savouring. And I think Anglo Saxon culture could learn a lot from that. Yeah. Um so there's a lot of difference between
0: there's a lot of difference between savouring that beautiful French wine and sculling, which is more <laughs> mm. Anglo Saxon way of doing it's huge. it. Huge. Not cool. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and when I was a new mum, I remember falling into the trap of, "Oh, that was such a hard day. I deserve my wine," you know. And um, and I think I I can't even remember how much I used to drink, but maybe one or two glasses, small glasses because I'm not a huge drinker, but one or two glasses every day, nonetheless. And I really caught myself. I was like, "This isn't. This is not good. Mm. I can't believe that I feel like I need that now." Mm. That's to me when you need to set an alarm bell around yourself when you have a need for something that is not necessary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Like by that, you know, like, like a need for drugs or cigarettes, you know, things that that aren't necessary, like you have a need for Coca-Cola. It is mm. a completely unnecessary item. We do not need it to survive. So when we start to feel like we do need it, then there's a problem. Yes. And, um, and I took myself off alcohol for three months to recalibrate. Um, and, uh, and 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 realized that I was drinking a whole bunch of cheap and cheerful stuff that I didn't even like the taste of. So now, for example, I don't drink wine at a function because chances are at a function, it's the red, white and beer options and it's all, you know, quite baseline um, cheap stuff mm. and I just don't drink things that I don't like the taste of. So I think... Just be wise and be truthful with yourself. Have a conversation with yourself around drinks. Um, And uh, for me, having a a propensity to inflammation around histamines, I tend to do better having a gin and soda water a couple of times a week and that would be something that I would more choose than having wine these days. Um, When it comes to chocolate, um, look, it can be amazing. But if you've got an adrenal issue, just be real with yourself about why you're having that chocolate. And if you're having lots of that chocolate and I've fallen into this trap many, many times, especially around that three o'clock mark, then there's actually something much more um, important that you need to address than whether or not to have another piece of chocolate. And that's your adrenal health. Um, And then when it comes to coffee. For me it comes down to genetics. Some people can metabolize coffee very efficiently and have two, three cups a day, no problems. Drink it at night, go to sleep, no problems. Others of us, and I'm in the latter category here, um, have um sometimes it can be an enzyme missing from your liver, one of the CYP four fifty enzymes, and I'm a very slow metabolizer of certain medications, which is why I don't do well on things like anesthetic and, and mm-hmm. big moments in, in health um issues. Um and with coffee, one one cup of coffee just just lasts and lasts and lasts in my body and not in a nice way. It's a wired mm-hmm. kind of way, um, and so and I, I you know I remember when I started working for myself and was freelancing in hospitality consulting and you'd have commonly two three coffee meetings in a morning and I just started to feel like I couldn't even focus or think mm-hmm. straight and I was like. And I couldn't get rid of it either because my body couldn't get rid of it. So I literally had to take some liver-supportive herbs to start, you know, alleviating these feelings because I wasn't able to sleep for a couple of weeks after it sort of started to build up and not have anywhere to go. So. Um, I think it really comes down to, again, being truthful with yourself. Does it make me feel great and actually, you know, provide that lovely nootropic effect that caffeine can have on people and help you perform better? Then, you know, by all means, have a couple or two a day and, and reduce it, if not cut it, when you're pregnant. But for some of us who can truthfully say this just is not my good thing, for helping me thrive, then just be truthful about that and just get rid of it and start to engage with some fantastic cafes that have their separate decaf grinder from the beans that are Swiss water filter processed so that there aren't all the harsh chemicals around decaffeination that you can find in a lot of mainstream coffees and, and just get to know your barista and find joy in decaf. And it can be found. Um, I've found it for years now and it's, I really just don't feel like I'm depriving myself at all. And hilariously, the biggest realisation I had around caffeine was that it was completely psychological in terms of its function in my day. And I still feel like I need to have my coffee to function, like for my day to start. And I drink decaf, for gosh sakes. <laughs> so, it. <laughs> I challenge everybody and just say, well, maybe it's actually a lot of it's in your head. Yeah, and once you actually remove light. the.
0: Yeah, the caffeine. And so maybe it's more around that ritual. This is how my day will start with this lovely taste. And and then we know it's it's morning and we're off. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, I've got a couple of readers' questions before we just start to wrap up. I love a reader's question. Okay. So this one is coming from Belinda Tomaccio. And she lives, this is the kind of place you and I would love to live, um, in the forest. She lives off-grid down here in the South Coast of WA. And she is got a question uh-huh. around mould. She says, what are the best w- natural yeah. ways to rid and protect the home?
1: Okay. So, your number one protector against mould and mould condensation. So, this is mould building up because of humidity inside your airspace, rather than systemic leaks in your walls, right? Um, systemic leaks in your walls, there's no amount of vinegar you can use <laughs> to remove them. You actually have to, just like trying to treat a, a, a chronic reflux problem with a PPI, um, you know, you're never going to get to the root cause and your stomach acid issues if you just keep covering up superficially. So like mould growing out of your bathroom wall right where the taps are, you actually need to fix the leaks. So I'm not going to talk about that because that's much more of a professional building biologist territory mm-hmm. um, and I urge you to get in, um, get in touch with with um, the incredible resources that uh, Nicole Bilsma has on her building biology a healthy home website um, and she has directories and people that can come if you actually have a systemic problem inside your walls or up in your roof that's causing the mold, but for the average home, it's actually a condensation and humidity issue. And the best thing you can do is get screens on all your windows and doors so creepy crawlies don't come in. Especially in WA, gosh, you guys have you guys have the worst of it in that department. Um, and, uh, uh, and so that you feel protected, but have that house open. All the time when you're in it. Um, Even when it's really, really cold, if you are someone who sees droplets of water on your bedroom windows in the morning um, and little dark spots of mold growing around your windowsills because of that um, moisture, then you have to open it. You just have to open it. Now, we're really lucky. We're up in an apartment where we can just leave everything open all day, every day. And in the winter, we do too um, because it's just – the most important thing is airflow. Um, The second most important thing is how humid is it inside in your house. And if it's more than 55%, 60% humidity, then mould can grow. And that usually starts because dust has collected um, around corners of rooms where you haven't vacuumed um, quite as detailed as you would do the the body of the house or – or in your bathroom, let's say, and that can then, because of the general atmospheric humidity, cause the mold. So, I really believe in everybody just getting a couple of dehumidifiers for their homes and running them at night in the living areas and during the day in your bedroom areas. It just means that... As a baseline, you're always going to be keeping your humidity in check. Um, you know, on the east coast here, we get a lot of humidity. In February, it sometimes feels like we live in the tropics and we have them running all the time. Um, and then in terms of spot cleaning mold, um, just a solution of about 80% vinegar, 20% water, somewhere around there. You don't need to be too particular. Um <clears throat> on non-porous items like bathroom tiles and things and just clean it off but wear a mask because 25% of us are very um, reactive to mould and it can become quite toxic to us and have horrific health effects um, and if you're interested in that on my show, Low Tox Life I interviewed the amazing Dr. Sandeep Gupta recently um, who is trained in um, Dr. Shoemaker's mould illness protocol um, so uh, it, it's really important that we understand that some of us, which is why I like one one of you in a couple or in a family can feel fine and, and totally and what do you mean there's something wrong with a house? And then something else in the, someone else in the same environment but with a different genetics can be completely crippled by mold so it's important to wear masks um, if you don't know that about yourself yet just to ensure that you're not breathing it in while you're cleaning it off or if you feel like you might be susceptible which is what we do because I do have the mold um, susceptibility genes my husband does any little mold spot cleaning in the the bathroom Um, you can add yeah, it is. And, you know, you can use essential oils, um, clove bud, lavender, etc. but sometimes they can aggravate mold spores and that can, when you get angry mold spores, you can end up creating new types and variants and, look, it's a super complex um, area. I feel like, you know, I mean, that's why Sandeep has a, a 10-week course on it for gosh sakes, but, <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah. Suffice it to say that um, that you can use a simple solution of vinegar and water in your bathroom to just keep, um, you know, a bit of condensation mould at bay. But if you've got deeper systemic issues, you want to fix the leaks and then you want to support mould from growing, so preventative strategy, having great airflow, cross ventilation if you can, so like not just opening the front and back windows but side ones as well so fresh air gets circulated all around and dehumidifiers.
0: That sounds so easy. That sounds very easy. Mm. Yeah, I I love it. I can do that. I feel like I can do that. It's a very empowering um, message that you have. Oh, you totally can. Mm. And this might seem like a really dumb question, but the the main problem that I have is with fruit. So a friend might give us, you know, a big pile of lemons off her lemon tree and we use a few and then before you know it, oops, they've gone mouldy. Is that mould as bad as mould that would grow in the corners of your house?
1: Well, there are lots of different species of molds and different molds um affect us in different ways. Um and, you know, some molds we even have inside of us. So funguses and things, fungi, I should say. Um and as long as we keep populations in check, we're fine. Um, but um <clears throat> often um Food moulds can contribute to an overall um, mould issue and harm us. So, yeah, you don't want to be eating um, mould, especially if you've got the mould susceptibility genes, like things like blue cheeses and, and mm. aged washed rinds and things aren't going to be great for you. Um might want to even stay away from mushrooms and see like mushrooms can sometimes be an aha moment for healthy eaters who are still experiencing weird issues you just take away a couple of those simple whole food fungus um, uh, in our diets and and that can be an amazing change um, for people's health. Um, But in terms of the lemons that go moldy, look I am again of the opinion that we should just be really real with ourselves about how much we're going to be able to get through of something when we first get it. Mm. This is why buy two get one free kind of stuff doesn't work in a supermarket or a, a farmer's market because you, if you're not going to be prepared to cook that thing that week, then it's going to go off Yes, and, um, and use your freezer. And if you have a garage, by all means, get a little chest freezer as well because what I do with lemons, we've got a friend who's got a lemon tree as well, is I just um, scoop out, um, I, I zest them. Um, and put all of those in a little glass container so that I've got zest to sprinkle on roast chickens and things like that or into sauces. And then I grab all of the flesh from the inside and um, put that in, like chop it and then put it that in a little container as well and then add those into smoothies. When it's in the freezer, the pressure's off for a few months and so you can actually get through things whereas if you leave it in your fruit bowl, then yeah, things will get mouldy and it's it's so funny, isn't it? The psychology is like we have that moment of denial for a couple of days where we see that it's going a bit bad and we go, um, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it, yeah, I'll, I'll use it, no, no, let's leave that there, I will use it and then it goes mouldy and then we feel bad because we feel guilty that we're going to be throwing something out or in the compost and um and it just doesn't need to be that way just you know save it but be smart and use your freezer
0: love it and, and also I, re- I think next time that vicky my lovely lemon giver gives me a big box of lemons i think what i'll do is give half of them to your friend did that make – and then you've got that little yeah little totally community as well instead of just going, oh, you, you always feel when someone gives you a gift that you, you've got to take it, otherwise it's sort of you're ungrateful in some way. So brilliant advice. Oh, no. Brilliant advice. Yeah, and, big yeah. believer
1: in on-giving. Yeah, yeah, share the love.
0: Share the love. I love it. Now let's talk about your Go Low Tox course because um
1: mm-hmm.
0: I know that there is so – like you said, there's so many chemicals to um, to get to grips with and to get to read labels. We can't expect you to – Give us everything you know in in one short, wonderful hour. Now, my mum is doing your low-tox course um, at the moment. Oh, how's she going with it? She's loving it. I'm literally getting um, – she's loving it. So mum's in – mum, and this is – I actually call her mam. So um, that's how we say it in the north of England. So mam's in the north of England. She's in her 70s. um, And still, like, I always think that, um, you know, I hear from some of my clients, like, oh, I'm 60 – is it too late? Have I left it too late? And the answer is no. It's never too late to make some changes. And Mum's like everything that you said. Mum is she's onto it. Um, she's oh she's bless. Doing it. awesome. And she's sending hi, Mum. Hi, Mum.
1: <laughs> hi, Cab <laughs> Carrie. <"Hi,
0: laughs> <"Hi, Kathy. laughs> um, so she loves it. So and and it seems like a really comprehensive um course. And Mum was saying that you 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 have certain days where you do things, then there's days off to integrate and and get the hang of things. So if we wanted to do your course, how could we how could we find
1: that? So the best thing to do, I'll I'll give I'll send you the link because we have the wait list up now for the next round, um. And the best thing to do is pop your name on there, and just start making a few changes in the interim because it's going to be a couple of months before we run it again. Um. But trust me when I say there are so many seventeen categories, um, that we go through of everyday life, right from fashion, mould, dust, right through to all the personal care, cleaning, laundry, um. And everything in between, uh, children, detoxing, face, nails, hair. I mean, I could go on and on. And um, because you know, I've been building on the course. It's going to be our 10th round, the next round, and now we're into our fourth year. Um, Because we've been building it, we work on it for a solid month in the lead-up of every round, full-time, two of us, Um, you know, updating things, adding new resources, adding new research, adding new categories of types of products. So we've now got hair down to curly, straight, oily, dry, and all of the different types so that people don't have to waste time trying a billion natural things either. And waste money as well. Getting to what is going to be really good for them, and um, and yeah, so that that's what I'd do. I'd just pop your name on the wait list so that you're the first to know about it when it comes up, and um, and join us in February.
0: Sounds awesome. And Mum said there's people on there who have done you have done an earlier round um, of what you've done, but are back yes. to do it again because um, you know you can only integrate so much at one time, and like you say, you're you're always adding to those resources, so there's always extra stuff. To learn that where
1: oh, absolutely, that journey, we've right got now. yeah, totally yeah. It's really important to. I always say, you know, an alumni always get to do it again anytime they like for 50, 59 dollars. So That's really really cheap. Um, to do a refresher. Oh. Um, once you've been a student before and the reason I do that is because I just I recognise that you might go in and do it the first time and you've just had a child so you're really focused on a couple of the topics around personal care and cleaning because that's what's affecting you guys right now mm-hmm. but then once you've come to grips with all of that you do your fresh around and you work more on textiles and fashion and home and bedrooms and and mattresses and all those sorts of things so and being a part of the um, discussion discussion threads each time is just so valuable because it's just like the ultimate brains trust. Um, yes. And what I love about the alumni group, which, um, you know, a lot of people always ask me, why don't you have a Low Tox Life um, chat group? There's so many chat groups online, right? Well, the reason I don't is because I, don't, I can't police thousands and thousands and thousands of people every day um, or afford to hire someone to do that. And what I see in so many natural living chat groups is misinformation, um, you know, people with the best of intentions, leading people down some of those thoughtful green products that turn out not to be quite so green. Um, and... And when you join the alumni group after having done the course, everyone's got that baseline knowledge and so no one's misinforming anyone and yeah. if anyone isn't sure about something, they put it to the Brains Trust and say I'm, I'm iffy on this ingredient list, can anyone shed some light and we have a discussion around it that is informed. And I think there's a lot of internet discussion that is unfortunately not informed and um, – and so, yeah, that's why I don't have a general chat group where we talk about this kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, that's um, that's the long and short of it. I think I tangented there. Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> I love a tangent. <laughs> I love a tangent. Now I know you've got loads and loads of other things going on. You've got a book. You've got your real food rock stars. You've got your preconception yeah. ninjas. Um, it's fantastic, and I loved in your last. Yep. I'm on your mailing list, and on your last email, you were like, oh, and lastly, oh, oh, and extra lastly, and now I've really got to go in it because I feel like somebody's. <laughs> vacuuming around my feet because I've just <laughs> got to get out of here. But you've got absolutely <laughs> loads going on. Is there anything else that you, you want to tell us about that, that's coming up for you, Alex?
1: Uh, well, there are a couple of courses you can take anytime you like on the site and that is Preconception Ninja and Real Food Rockstars and Preconception Ninja, we've got um, quite a few women in there already uh, it is a course to help people in the phase of starting to think about getting getting their bodies in tip top shape for making babies and um, and it's also for people who've experienced some issues, had troubles had repeat miscarriages or um, had failed IVF rounds to see if there's any stones that they've left unturned um, in in their garnering of knowledge, to give us the very best chance to um, to make our little horizontal tango efforts to come to fruition <laughs> with a gorgeous, healthy bub, and have to be um, horizontal. and I just think <laughs> 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 no, it doesn't need to be horizontal. You're right. No, uh, no judgment here. Um, so. Uh, I created that course and brought together the practitioners that I brought together for that course because I'm not a practitioner, as you know, I'm a health coach, so I'm all about helping people make positive, sustainable change, and I like to be a conduit, and that's my skill, you know, and we all have to stick to our skills, and the practitioners, uh, I've got an amazing dentist in there talking about the links to from oral health to fertility because there are some really profound links, um, believe it or not. Um, wonderful Naomi Judge, who's a naturopath nutritionist, absolutely passionate about the endocrine system and getting that in tip-top shape. The wonderful Kate Johnston, who's also a naturopath nutritionist, who's really, really um, focused on uh, nutrition. And everyone with their their personal areas of expertise, Nicole Bilsmer, to talk about um, some of the stuff we've been talking about today, actually, uh, especially Wi Fi, which we didn't talk about today, and and various energetic impacts that can be had um, with her own incredible story of miscarriage and how she overcame it by literally just moving bedrooms, which she can tell you about in that interview. Um, and I just think, you know, bringing these incredible minds together and then providing beautiful food plans and, um, and information and shopping lists to really help us because it's dire. You know, one in six couples is finding it not just – a couple of months and then we finally get pregnant, but years and mm. trauma and going through all sorts of things. And it's our human birthright to be able to to conceive um, and to carry babies to term and to have those babies be healthy. We have everything at our fingertips to make us more able to do that. Of course, we can't promise it's going to be perfect for everybody. Uh, it's not a, a medical promise. I can't ever supposed to make one of those but there's a lot of stuff we're not looking at let's put it that way and i wanted to create this course to help people see just how much positive impact we can have on our preconception journey to giving us the very best chance sometimes against all odds of um of having a healthy baby and um and the reason it sort of came about was because people have over the years privately thanked me uh, i got introduced at a friend's birthday a friend's daughter's birthday party last year um, this is Alex. She's the reason we were able to finally have B, oh, And wow. uh, that's their little baby girl. And I just melted like straight on the spot, yeah. just started crying. Oh. And because I, I just realized, you know, and that was, she'd done Go Low tox and Real Food Rockstars and it had just been this realization that their bodies weren't being optimized mm-hmm. to do what their job is to do, which is to procreate. You yes. know, th- at the end of the day, we're animals and yes. um and if we're too stressed or if we've got too many contaminants in our food or our personal care or our cleaning, um, then, of course, those things are going to act as barriers to our bodies. Doing the job they're meant to do, of course. Mm -hmm. It would be so foolish to think otherwise, you know? So uh, it's a beautiful course, and I I really love running that one. And then Real Food Rockstars is um, about all about it's for people who want to delve into the power of food, not just the power of eating from a sustainable, beautiful food system, but also the power of food as a preventative measure. And I interview an amazing cardiologist in the States uh, who I adore, uh, Dr. Stephen Sinatra. uh, you know uh, Helen Patterson on inflammation, mm. the wonderful Emma Sutherland on you know getting your mojo back. So many women feel blah, and mm. food can be an incredible conduit um, to finding um, energy again and vitality. Um, uh, and and Sally Fallon on children's health and vital nutrients for children. Um, so many experts in that that course that give us incredible information, and and again lots of lots of good nerdy researching we can all do and chat together in the group. About
0: out. Sounds wonderful and what about your book? When is that due to be released?
1: So that we've got a little while to wait yet. Yeah, I'm still working really hard yes. on it uh, at the time that we're recording. Yeah, it's huge hey and you know you can't just pop in and edit something and press update No. <laughs> <a> published book. <laughs> so my, yeah. my perfectionist tendencies are really being challenged mm. with this. They really are. But, you know, it's all good and it's a journey and I'm so grateful to be able to bring the message of going low-tox and living a low-tox life across your food, home, body and mind to so many more people. You know, there'll be total strangers that we haven't even met yet in our community that are going to come across it. And that just ah blows my mind and really does. Um, so, that's going to be out next year in June
0: wonderful 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 well um if you want to find out more about alex head to lotoxlife.com and check tune into her own podcast and you'll find her on facebook and instagram as well alex thank you so much for your time today it's been incredible we've literally only touched the surface of all of the things that you could nerd on about so we'll maybe have to get you back on the podcast in a few months time but for today Sounds thank good. you thank you
1: so much thank you thank you so much for having me
0: well, I hope you loved that episode with Alex. I certainly did. Absolutely fantastic episode. If you would like to make a difference in your community and you love healthy baking, I'd love you to check out my Primal Alternative baking franchise, which is an opportunity for women who would love to create a sustainable business that they can run from home that fits around their lifestyle. For More information about Primal Alternative and our range and where you can find your local stockers And also, how to become a Primalista, which is a cool name for a producer, please head to www.primalalternative.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives